What's going on, guys? Jason Frosto for TennisUnleashed.net, and welcome to this episode of The Breaking Point. We're going to break down the 2023 U.S. Open men's final between Novak Djokovic and Daniil Medvedev. If you want to find out how Djokovic beat Medvedev in this match, stay tuned. It's coming up next. All right, so let's look at both guys' records coming into this final, right? Djokovic, 38-5 on the year, having won the Australian Open and the French Open before coming into Wimbledon and losing in the final in a five-setter to Carlos Alcaraz. So Djokovic shows up at the U.S. Open with a heck of a record in the Grand Slams this year and then meets Medvedev in the final. Daniil Medvedev, currently ranked number three in the world, comes into this match with a 49-11 overall record, had a very good season so far, and had a good run to this U.S. Open final. And in this U.S. Open, Medvedev was able to beat Carlos Alcaraz for the first time in a while in a good four-set battle in the semifinals. One thing that we expected coming into this match was some potentially really long points and really long rallies. And the reason is because we know both of these guys have an incredibly high shot tolerance. They're willing to rally a lot of balls back and forth to win points. They're both willing to suffer if necessary to win points, especially Medvedev. We know he can grind out there and get involved in some really long matches. And the first game of this match didn't disappoint, right? We had two points in the first game that were 20 plus shots. We also had an 11 shot rally in the first game alone. So again, we knew both of these guys are gonna feel each other out. They're gonna get comfortable and get loose in the match. And we knew long points were coming. But in the second game of the first set is where Medvedev started to have some loose errors. When you're playing against Djokovic, you really can't afford to have loose errors and points against him because if you go down a break against Djokovic, it can mean it's the end of the set because he's not really going to give you anything. And this match was proof of that. In the second game of the first set, Medvedev sort of proved that, right? He had a double fault, gave Djokovic an easy point in that game. And then Djokovic followed that up on the next point with a forehand winner at 94 miles an hour kind of a screamer down the line, right? Played a very good point. And then Medvedev ends up losing his serve by having a forehand sail long cross court on him and Djokovic converts the break point. But Daniil had a loose game in the first set and that's not something you can afford to do against Djokovic. And one thing Novak has really figured out in his battles with Medvedev is that Medvedev really thrives off pace and a consistent rhythm, right? So if you're really hitting a lot of balls at Medvedev that are consistently 75, 80, and 85 miles an hour on your ground strokes, Medvedev gets into a rhythm. I kind of call it a counter puncher's rhythm where everything is very easy to react to because all the balls are consistently coming fast at you and you don't have to really think about what you're doing. All you have to do if you're Medvedev is react and reacting is the easiest thing to do on a tennis court. Things get tough on a tennis court when you have more time to think and move about what you have to do and you have to do more of the work. When the other player is providing a lot of power on their shots, you don't have to think, you just have to react and use their pace against them. So at this point in the first set, Djokovic started to use an interesting tactic against Medvedev that he hasn't used much, if all, before. And that's when he was going backhand to backhand with Daniil. Instead of continuing to just pound straight power cross court to cross court with him, he started mixing in a lot of slice backhands to Daniil's back backhand, which gave Daniil more time to think about what he was going to have to do and forced Daniil to have to generate the pace by himself. So by the middle of the first set, we started to see Djokovic mix in, hey, one out of three backhands as a slice or one out of every four. And Medvedev started to cough up some really easy unforced airs. Another thing that Djokovic used to disrupt Medvedev 
was something that we all kind of could see from our television, right? But he started to serve and volley a lot to Medvedev on first serves. He consistently used a first serve on the deuce side of the court wide to Medvedev's forehand and would come in and serve and volley behind that. And not only did Djokovic do this on first serves in the first set, primarily first serves, but he also did it on a second serve or two and ended up hitting a volley winner on those points because on first serves, Medvedev leaves himself open for that serve and volley tactic because he stands so far behind the baseline. And even on second serves, Medvedev tends to stand really far back behind the baseline. At one point, ESPN put some graphics on the screen showing Medvedev's second serve return position. He was around nine and a half feet behind the baseline on average to return second serves. This leaves an opening for Djokovic to come to the net and serve and volley and take advantage of that court position from Daniil. And Djokovic did this time and time again to try to break Daniil's rhythm, right? First serve, 5-3 on the deuce side, hits it sliced wide to Medvedev's forehand, comes in again, and volleys to win the point. The next point after that was followed up with a 34-ball rally where Djokovic ended up finishing Medvedev off with a backhand to Daniil's backhand that was aggressive and did damage to force Medvedev into an air. But he was giving him these different looks and not just rallying with him from the baseline. We had plenty of the baseline rallies that were really, really long, right? But Djokovic did a lot of things to bust Daniil's rhythm and also make Daniil do a lot of the work on his backhand side. And after the first set, right, Djokovic wins that first set 6-3. It doesn't look good for Daniil. We know that Djokovic has a record of 312 wins and just nine losses after winning the first set. So for Daniil, it's a pretty big uphill battle. And then we have some other really interesting match stats from this match, right? Medvedev didn't hit very many aces in this match. He only had six total aces against Novak. If we go back to their final from 2021 of the US Open, Medvedev had 16 aces against Djokovic, so 10 less total aces. How did Djokovic prevent Medvedev from acing him so much? One thing that Novak did in this match was he stood further back behind the baseline to return Daniil's first serves than he normally would. Normally, he'd have a closer position, but in this match, he stood much further back, which gave him more time to react and more time to get balls in play and get a racket on those first serves. And in the beginning of the second set, we see the rhythm busting from Novak again. So what does he do? 15-all, 0-0 in the second set. Two consecutive slice backhands to Medvedev's backhand, and Medvedev ends up dumping the air on the backhand side. So again, breaking the rhythm for Novak against Daniil's backhand and not just trying to straight power through him was a huge advantage in this match and a successful tactic. And then 4-3 again in the second set at 0-0, Djokovic serving on the deuce side. What does he do again? Wide slice to Medvedev's forehand return a serve and then dumps the volley winner right over on his side of the court. But one thing that you have to do against Medvedev, you can't just serve and volley and think you're gonna come in and everything's gonna be super easy. We saw that in the semifinal against Alcaraz. Alcaraz tried to serve and volley a ton against Daniil and didn't have as much success as Djokovic did. He won something like 77% of his points at the net, but it seemed when it come to the really big points, Medvedev was coming up with the goods. Against Djokovic, right, Djokovic won 84% of his points coming into the net, and he won 20 out of 22 serve and volley points. So how come he was so much more effective at the net? Is it because Novak's a better volleyer than Carlos? I don't think that's the case. 
Novak placed his serves better and closer to the lines on those slice serves, which allowed him to have easier volleys in most of the situations. There were times where Medvedev hit a really effective return of serve and the volley was still tough for Djokovic, but a lot of these volleys coming in were fairly standard and easy volleys for Novak because he placed that serve so, so well and put Medvedev in really difficult positions. But it really wasn't just the slice serve on the deuce side that was effective for Novak. He also used his slice serve on the ad side against Medvedev. You might say, Jason, how did he do that on the ad side? The deuce side makes sense. It curves away from you towards your forehand. It can really stretch you, right? On the ad side, how does it make any sense? Well, on the ad side, he used it up the T to, again, Medvedev's forehand side. And what he would do on the T serve with the slice is he would have it curl away and he would get it to try to cross the center line on the court. If you can get it to cross the center line, that means your opponent is typically stretched to an extreme level. Even at Medvedev's height of six foot six, you have to stretch an extreme amount and lose balance to cross over the center line and touch that return of serve. So that's exactly what Djokovic did. He used the slice serve also on the ad side and stretched him across the center line, did this on purpose, knowing it would lead to weak returns and more serve and volley opportunities to finish with easy volleys at the net. But Novak really surprised me when he used that ad side T-serve against Medvedev down 5-6 in the second set and set point, right? If Medvedev wins this point, we're even at one set apiece, and this changes the potential outcome of the entire match, right? We're one set all going into the third set. So Djokovic hits the serve down the tee and serves and volleys, hits the first volley cross court back to Medvedev's backhand side, and then finishes with the volley winner. He did this in an absolutely critical and crucial time where pressure was at an elevated level. And we know at this point in the second set, right, Djokovic ended up winning 11 out of 11 serve and volley points played in the second set. And again, 20 out of 22 in the match total, but he was only able to do that because of how well placed these serves were. If they were another foot or two inside the sidelines from where he aimed, Medvedev hits a better quality return and Djokovic isn't seeing such easy volleys. And we know Medvedev isn't the most comfortable at the net, but in this match, Medvedev did win 73% of the points when he came to the net. Djokovic though, right, we mentioned a little bit earlier, 84% of his net points won 37 out of 44, mostly because he was coming in at times where he had done significant damage with his shots, placed them very well, and was able to finish relatively easily. There were times, of course, where Djokovic had to hit more difficult shots, but overall he was coming in off very well-placed balls that put him in a great position to finish Medvedev. In our men's finals match preview, we talked a lot about how Djokovic's forehand could be a factor in this match. Earlier in 2023, Djokovic improved the miles per hour average on his forehand significantly when he played Stefano Tsitsipas in that Australian Open final. And since then, he's pulled that out of his little bag of tricks and used this much bigger and more aggressive forehand at critical times. The question is, did he use this against Medvedev to do anything effective against Medvedev or to create opportunity and damage against Daniil's forehand? And the answer to that is an astounding yes. He had eight winners on his forehand side, which doesn't seem like that many for the match, but he also forced Daniil into errors on his forehand side 12 times in this match match, where Medvedev was only forced into four errors from Djokovic on his backhand side, right? So Djokovic was able to force errors onto Medvedev's forehand 
three times more than he was on his backhand side. And if we look at the unforced errors in this match, that was really interesting as well. We know Djokovic was mixing in a lot of slices to Medvedev's backhand side. Daniil had 20 unforced errors on his backhand side and just 12 unforced errors on his forehand side. So again, that rhythm busting, mixing in the slices, making Daniil do the work, he made a ton of errors on that backhand side. And then if we look at the winners for Djokovic at the net, right, nine on the forehand volley and six on the backhand volley. Very effective at finishing his points off at the net with that aggressive net play. It was really good to see Djokovic come in and show this complete game at the net. We know he's a much better volleyer in the last five years. He's taken a lot of time to improve that part of his game and it really showed in this final. And then the last stat we wanna talk about in this match is rally lengths. We knew we were gonna get long rallies in this match more than likely. One to four shot points in this match were 53% of the points played. Five to eight shot points in this match were 22% of the points played. And nine plus shot points extended rallies in this match were 25% of the points played. A lot of times that 70% of all points are one to four shots number, it keeps getting thrown around over and over again but it's simply not true. When we get to the final stages of a Grand Slam on the men's side, we usually do see longer rallies, and that's exactly what we saw here overall. Even with Djokovic serving volleying a ton in this match, 22 times coming to the net. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this episode of The Breaking Point. If you found this video helpful, make sure you smash it like and subscribe button. Also drop comments, leave questions below. I'm Jason Frosto for TennisUnleashed.net. I'll see you next time.